Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to our new summer series that's going to take us through June and July called Something's Gotta Give. Something's Gotta Give. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had that moment where you thought, man, something's gotta give. Something has to change. Something has to work out a different way. The the weight of all of this, something's gotta give. Something's gotta come off of my shoulders, off of my plate, out of my calendar, out of my life. I just need something to give. And that's the series is about us discovering some areas of our life where there's some things that we've got to give. And it's actually going to be things that we need to give up. And so every week in this series, we're going to be talking about some different things, but it's going to be centered around this phrase, I give up blank. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things. We've got some guest speakers who are going to talk. It's going to be so fun. A lot of really great topics and our hope and our prayer is that through this summer some of these topics will land and right at the perfect time and right in the perfect season for you where you can go oh my goodness god that's exactly what i need to give up and so hopefully you can find some truths each week that you can pull out some challenges that you can embrace and let this summer be a really amazing season You know, we always want to like lose weight for summer because we're going to be at the beach more going on vacation. But what if God wants you to lose some other things in your life that have been holding you back from your best? And so today we're actually going to be talking about this. The big idea is I give up settling for less. I give up settling for less. Have you ever settled for less in your life? Don't elbow anybody next to you neither. Just be nice. Calm down. We just started, right? But have you ever settled for less? Like all day long, you're working, you're you're just busting it, you're doing everything that you can, and you're just dreaming about that moment where you can close your laptop, push it away for the day, put it in your bag, hop in the car, and head over to Starbucks and get your favorite drink that requires the barista to have a notebook. And it's like... you, you want a, a mocha frappo? What? A what? Let me write that down. Let me write it down and then try to see if I can get it in the computer, right? Like, Or maybe for you, it's like desiring and desperate for your favorite dessert or your favorite meal, your favorite restaurant. And you just, you cannot wait to go there. You can't wait to experience it. Or maybe for you, it's you just, you're counting down the days to vacation. Like school is about to wrap up. We're, we're right in that window and you, you've been planning a vacation for three months or four months and maybe a week. And you're just like, I just got to get out of here, right? Like you're ready. You're counting down the moments. But then you have that situation where you're right there, right on the precipice. You're so ready. It's going to work out and it doesn't. Right? You show up to Starbucks and they're out of your favorite syrup. And so your drink tastes like garbage. 
or you go to your favorite restaurant and the shipment didn't come in that week and they don't have the favorite thing on the menu that you've been desperate to find, you've been longing for it, you cannot wait to have it, you, you're ready for your vacation and you get a call from the airline that says your flights have been canceled. Your hotel was accidentally double booked. I don't know how you do that, but it was double booked and, and all of a sudden you don't have a place to stay and you're trying to figure it out and you're scrambling. And it just feels like that moment, like, why does the world hate me? Like, why is nothing easy? Why can I not just have the thing that I want for the love? Will something just work out in my life? Or the worst, the worst is when maybe like a TV show. You get into a TV show. Now, I'm not talking about Netflix. I'm not talking about Netflix or Prime or Hulu where you can just binge watch a whole bunch of things. Like that's cheating. I'm talking about like old school, real life, set the DVR, the show records. You've got to wait seven days for the next one. Anybody remember when TV used to be like that? Well, we, we have like one or two shows that are still like that. And it's this... This anticipation, you can't wait. You've been waiting for seven days to see what's gonna happen in the storyline and you cannot wait. You get home, you get all set up, the kids are in bed, you can finally watch a show, you open up the DVR and all of a sudden your show has decided that they're gonna skip three weeks. And you're like, Where, where's the show? And you Google it and it's like, oh, they're on a three week hiatus. Well, for the love, I'd love to be on a three-week hiatus, too. Like, what are we talking about here? Are you either recording the show or you're not recording? Record them all one shot and get it done, right? It's so frustrating. I remember for me, years, years ago, years ago, before I had to go gluten-free, I used to love Popeye's chicken. Now, I don't know how Popeye's chicken is anywhere else in the world, here in San Diego, I don't know. I've been gluten-free for a long time now. But I know in New Orleans, Popeye's was fire. Popeye's was so good. It was seasoned well and it was cooked just right. And I know it originated in Louisiana, so I don't know if it had something to do with that. But Popeye's was good. And those biscuits, oh, they're so salty and buttery. I loved Popeye's. And I remember, I remember this one day, I was working in my dad's restaurant and, and I was running the line and man, all day long, I'm cooking food and, and I'm, skipping, I'm skipping the meals. I'm like, I'm not gonna eat anything. I just cannot wait to have Popeye's. Like I just, I have a craving for it. I can't shake it. Nothing else sounds good. I just want Popeye's. So I made it through like a 10 hour shift. I get to it. I've been smelling food all day, been tasting it in my mouth. I'm so ready. I pull into the drive-thru and there's nobody else there. And I'm like, what is going on? And the little girl says, she hops on the speaker and she goes, um, I'm so sorry, we're, we're out of chicken. I was like, oh, oh okay, like you, you, you had to put some chicken down and it's cooking, it's gonna be a minute. She's like, no, like we ran out of chicken. I'm like, am I at Popeye's? Popeye's chicken? Like, what do you mean you ran out of chicken? How in the world is that possible? to run out of the one item that you sell. And she's like, well, we have fries. It's like, I appreciate your optimism, sweetheart, but I didn't come here for French fries. I came here for chicken. What are we doing with our life? It was so disappointing. It's so disappointing. And I tell you what, I've been gluten-free for many years now, 
and I still I have certain days I drive past that Popeyes and I'm like, oh, I miss you Popeyes. I miss that chicken. Anyways, but we all have these moments, right? But what do we do? What happens is we settle for less, right? We, we settle for less because that hunger's still there. I've been up waiting all day to eat. So I gotta eat something. Like that longing is still there. The need for that hole to be filled by something is still there. But we couldn't have what we want. It was too hard, it was too far. It didn't work out the way we thought it would. But we gotta fill it with something. So we settle for less. But look at this truth. Settling for less usually leads to overindulging and inadequate replacements. Let me say that again. Don't miss it. This is just really important for your life. It's not Popeye's chicken anymore. This is for your life. Think about this. Settling for less usually leads to overindulging on inadequate replacements. When it comes to food, what it looks like for most of us is we're still hungry, so we eat, but it, it doesn't hit the spot, right? Like, you know the spot. Like, it just, it didn't hit the spot, so we, we eat something else. And we eat something else. And then we snack on this. And we snack on that. And we, we get, and it, before we know it, we're just overindulging on things that are inadequate. They're insufficient. They aren't what we wanted, but somehow we just keep filling ourselves with it. When it comes to TV, we fine. My show's not on. I'll just put something else on. Ugh, I'm not feeling this. And so we start like that death scroll on Netflix. And before you know it, you've watched about 50, 20 second previews of shows and an hour and 15 minutes has gone by and you're like, what did I just do with my time? I didn't even watch a show. All I did was watch these dumb little previews. What am I, what am I doing? We overindulge in inadequate replacements. But let's get, let's get real for a moment. What about in your relationships? The relationships didn't work out the way that, that you thought and this, this one didn't work so i guess i'll just settle for that wild guy that i know has all kinds of issues but he is cute I'm, i mean I, I tried the right way so now i might as well settle for inadequate replacements what about in your finances you're on this mission to be debt free and you're working hard and you're making sacrifices. You're doing everything that you can do to make it happen. And then all of a sudden that unexpected bill just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, well, I gotta put that on the credit card so I might as well take a vacation too. I mean, if I'm always gonna be in debt, I might as well just embrace the weight. I might as well just suck it up and just take the fact that I'm going to be in debt always. So we settle for less, we settle for less. But the reality is in, in far too many areas of our life, we could go through our entire life, there's so many areas where we settle for less than God's best. We settle because maybe, maybe the process to get there is just too hard. It requires too much willpower. The idea of living every area of your life with vision and with purpose, it's like, who, who in the world actually does that? Like, it just feels too overwhelming, too hard, too daunting, too much to wrap your head around. It requires too much of your time, too much effort. And so what we do is we settle 
for less. But not only settle for less, but we settle for less than God's best. And when we do that, we overindulge in inadequate things. We try to fill the hole in our lives with inadequate sources. And God's saying, hey, I don't want you to settle for less because I know what happens when you do that. In fact, Jesus, Jesus said it this way in John 10, starting in verse 9. He says, I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience, look at this, to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. Man, what a promise. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter, and to destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. We're like, yes, Lord, that, that sounds amazing. I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. But the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd because he has no heart for the sheep. He will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And then the wolf mauls the sheep, drags them off, and scatters them. This, this imagery is so important. Jesus is saying, I've come to give you abundance. I've come to give you more than you could expect. I've come to give you fullness. I've, I've come to not only fill that hole that's in your life, but to fill it to overflowing to the point that you're like, I have more than I need. Is there anything in your life that you feel like, well, man, I have more than I need outside of bills. Or like, right. Like Jesus is saying, hey, this is my promise. This is what I'm offering you. When you live your life through me, this is what I'm offering. But I love, I love what he says. He says, the good shepherd who lays down his life, not like the hired worker who just works for wages. We understand the correlation between this and Jesus dying on the cross. Like we, we get that, the, the shepherd who lays down his life. But it's more than that. I love how he says that. I am, I am willing to sacrifice my life, unlike the guy who's just here for a paycheck. And growing up for me, I, I grew up in an owner business, right? Like my parents owned restaurants and I was never just an employee. I was the son of the owner. And so for me, there's a completely different mentality when it comes to being the owner. There's sacrifices that you make. There's things that, there, there's a standard that you're not willing to come underneath. And I remember for my dad hiring employees and, and they would just put food together on a plate and they would serve it. And he's like, would you eat that? And they're like, well, I, I was just trying to get it out. We're behind, we're, we're running behind, it's, it's been a while. And he's like, no, 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 no. You gotta have a higher standard. But for a hired employee who's there just to do a job, there's a different mentality than the one who's actually laying down their life to make it 
happen. And Jesus is saying to you, hey guys, I have an owner mentality. I'm not doing this out of obligation. I'm not doing this just because I'm supposed to be here. I'm not doing this just so that the Father in heaven will be happy. I'm doing this because I love you. I love you so much that I was willing to die so that you had access to what I have. I don't think we understand that. I don't, I don't think we grasp a hold of that sometimes. Jesus died so that we could have access to the Father, so that we could have access to being the sons and the daughters of the Most High King, the God of all creation. He's saying, guys, I loved you so much that I gave my life so that you could have abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. I have come for you to have so much more in your life than you ever thought you could, but you're settling for less when I gave my life for you to have more. Man, if we get a hold of that, guys, if we grab a hold of that, somehow, somehow in life, you and I, we settle for less. We settle for less than God's best for us because it's just too daunting, too much of a sacrifice. It's too hard. It's, it's not what we thought it was going to look like. And we settle for less. The famous author C.S. Lewis, he writes it this way, it's, it's so good. He said, it would seem that our Lord, I, I just hear it in like this British accent. I don't think he was British, but like I just hear it in that accent. I'm not gonna do it, but I just imagine it in your mind. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Man, that is... It's so, this, this imagery of, of Jesus coming and saying, hey, I'm offering you infinite joy. I'm offering you a vacation at sea. And you're like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here and play with this mud pile in the slums. I'm good. I, I, don't, I don't know what you mean like a vacation at sea. I don't know what you mean infinite joy. I don't know what you mean abundance and fullness and great. I don't know what that means. So what I will do is I'm just going to stay right here in my mud. And I think, look at this truth. We settle for less because we believe it's easier, it's faster, and it's controllable. We settle for less because it's easier to get our heads around. We settle for less because, well, I can see, I can see how I can make this happen. And it's quick, it's easy, it's one conversation, it's one phone call, it's, it's just me working this and, and it's controllable and I can wrap my mind around it, I can get my hands on it, I can control the steering wheel. I, 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 God, just let me handle this one because I think I know how to do it. And we settle for less because we can't wrap our minds around the greatness that he is offering us. So we settle for what seems easier, what seems faster, 
and what seems controllable. What should give us a little bit of hope though is that we're not the first to do this. This has been going on for thousands of years from the beginning of creation. And actually, if you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 15, we're going to be looking at a story there about King Saul. And King Saul was, was actually the first king of Israel. And the fact that he was even named king was a big deal on God's part. Because you see, God has a special place, had a special place in his heart for, for Israel, for the Jewish people. He had rescued them. He had led them. He'd opened the promised land for them. Like he'd done so many things and he had this relationship and God wanted to be their king. God wanted to be their leader. God wanted to be in that relationship with them. But they said, you know what? That country over there, they have a king and that country has a king and that one has a queen and that one has a king. Like, we're the only ones that don't have a king. God's like, I am the king of kings. I am the Lord of lords. I am here. And they're like, yeah, we kind of want like a, a dude, like a dude like right here that we can like see and he could be our king. And God's like, fine. Fine. You can imagine his disappointment as he's having to go, seriously, I'm offering you me. And you, you got it. Fine. You got it. And so God names Saul king. But Saul, as, as he's continuing on in his life journey, in his kingdom, he has this bad habit of like obeying the Lord like 85% of the way. But then the rest of it, he just wings it. He's just like, wow, let me add my little flair to this. Let me just add my little, my little touch to it, like, right? Like that works in cooking, but it doesn't work in leading in what God is asking you to do. He's like, hey, I want you to do this. I'm listing it out for you. And he's like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. So I got it. I'm going to do most of that. But then right here at the end, I just want you to watch how I could add my own little flair to this situation. So Saul is told, hey, these, these people, they're, they're horrible, wicked, wicked people. I want you to go and just completely destroy them. Matter of fact, I want you to just take care of all the animals too. It's like just everything, eradicated. I don't want them here. It's done, their time is over. And so I was like, cool. I, I think I got most of this. So like all of it, all of it, okay, cool, I would do that. Until he didn't. And so he goes and, and he destroys everything, except he keeps their king alive. And then he saves all their best animals under the guise of, well, we're going to use them to sacrifice to the Lord. Isn't this a great idea? Look how beautiful this sheep is. We will offer it to the Lord and he'll be so Happy. Well, didn't he say to destroy everything? No, no, he's going to be even happier because we did it this way. This is going to work. This is how Saul thought. We can make fun of him because we, we see how the story plays out. But you and I do a lot of the same exact thing. First Samuel 15, verse 10. Then the Lord said to Samuel, who's, who's the prophet, God would speak to the prophet and the prophet would speak to the king. God says to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king. What was I thinking? For he has not been loyal to me, and he has refused to obey my commands. 
Samuel, the prophet, was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. And someone told him, Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Here we go again. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he says. I have carried out the Lord's command. Have you ever had one of those moments where like you see somebody come in and you're like, hey, what's going on? And you can see immediately on their face, this ain't the moment. Like this ain't gonna go how you thought it was. And it's like, oh, hey, hey, what's going on? So he says, I've carried out the Lord's command. What's going on, man? The Lord bless you. Verse 14, Samuel demanded, then what is all of this bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear? It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep and the goats and the cattle, Saul admitted, but they're going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked. Verse 17, and Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. Don't miss this. Samuel is saying, I understand that you have insecurities. I understand that you're struggling with your identity. I understand that there's some things going on. This is God communicating to Saul. He's calling him onto the carpet. Hey, I understand that you're, you're having some like insecurities that are making you act out, but have you not been anointed? Have you not been anointed as a king of Israel, of God's holy people? Do you not understand what that means? And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Lord Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops, my troops blame they brought in the best of the sheep the goats the cattle and the plunder to sacrifice to the lord your god in gilgal but samuel replied what is more pleasing to the lord your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice what a strong word Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. He has rejected you as king. You see, Saul's insecurities led him to think that he could do something better than God's best. Saul's insecurity led him to this point to think that, you know what? If I do this one extra thing, then God will be even more happy. 
Like, instead of just obeying what he said, like, I'll do most of it, but then, look, I'm going to offer you extra sacrifices. Isn't this wonderful? He was so desperate to have God's validation that he disobeyed what God asked him to do. Look at this truth. Saul wanted to impress God, but God simply wanted obedience. And I don't know about you, but I've had those moments in my life where I've been just like Saul, where I've said, God, God, I've got this great idea. I've got this great plan. I've got this great, you just wait to see how it works out. You're going to be so proud of me. It's going to do so many great things for your kingdom. You're going to be so excited about this. And God's like, wait, 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 wait. That's not what we talked about. No, no, no. Cool. I, I know I'm going to get to that. But first... Let me do my thing and show you how my thing is somehow going to be better than yours, God. We've all been in those moments, right? We've all been in it. But the beauty of God's kingdom and his plan is it's simple. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. However, you and I, we just want to wing it. We want to be creative. We want to add our flair. We want to have control. We want God to be reasonable and do it our way. God, I have a plan. I just want you to bless it. But we don't realize that we are settling for less when we disobey what God's asking us to do. We settle for less and try to fill the gap with inadequate sources. So instead, we go, God, I've got a plan that's easier, that's faster, and you know what? I've got a little bit of control in it, and I feel like I can handle this, and like this is going to work. So we settle for that rather than simply obeying what God is telling us to do. As we wrap up today, I want to leave you with, with two ways that I believe that we settle for less. There's lots of ways, but there's two ways that I really want to just make sure that we have a couple minutes to talk about. Because these two ways, if we can shift it, if we can change it, if we can surrender it to God, it will absolutely change the trajectory of your summer and of your life. Look at this, the first one. Those who settle for control rather than dependence. Guys, you and I settle for less than God's best when we Fight desperately to have control. When we have to put our hands on it, when we have to be the leader, when we have to be the one, instead of dependence on God, when we have to have control, we end up settling for less than God's best. Jesus said it this way in Luke 9, 23. Jesus said to all of his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will lose what you're so desperately trying to keep. Look at this challenge. 
Make the decision to increase your dependence on God daily. Control freaks us out. Control is like when we say, hey, God wants to have control. Okay, fine. We'll take that word out of the vocabulary just for a season. If that's just, you're like, but but I'm a control freak. I just got to hold it. I just got to, my insides shake if I can't be leading it. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Calm down. Take a Xanax. Relax. Okay? So the challenge instead is, can you, starting right now, begin to increase your dependence on God. If control is too much to wrap your head around, can you say, okay, you know what? Today, there's no way that I can be the person that I wanna be. There's no way that I can do the things that I wanna do. There's no way I can be the mom. No way I can be the dad. No way I can be the husband. There's no way I can do what I feel like I'm supposed to do if I don't have a little bit of time with God today. Oh, okay. That seems reasonable, right? Like, I, I, I can't make a decision today without praying first. Okay, okay, that's, that doesn't freak me out as much as control. What would it look like in your life to increase your dependence on God? What would it look like? We're used to this. We, we all are, have been in a relationship where our significant other is saying, hey, I just, I just need you to keep me in the loop. And so we're like, okay, you know what? I, I'm just gonna text a little bit more. And on the way home, I'm gonna call them on the phone and let them know how the day, like, I'm just gonna keep them in the loop. That's what God is asking. He just wants to be kept in the loop. Increase your dependence on him. Increase your dependence on him. I won't make a decision. I won't make a call on this. I won't respond to that email. I won't respond to that person that's driving me crazy. I won't do anything until I just go, hey God, what what do you think about this? God, can you just speak to me in this moment? God, can you give me peace in this moment? God, can you give me clarity in this moment? Will you give me wisdom in this moment? Just those little steps of increasing your dependence on him will absolutely change the way you live your life. I can promise you, I can guarantee your life will be different starting today if you just simply increase your dependence on him. Look at the second thing as we wrap up things that we settle for, those who settle for self-deception rather than self-reflection. Proverbs 10, 17 says this, if, you're readily, if you readily receive correction, you are walking on the path to life. But if you reject rebuke, you're guaranteed to go astray. In other words, if you're willing to reflect, if you're willing to allow God to speak to you, if you're willing to allow the people that are closest to you, that you trust, that have your best interest in mind, to speak into your life, and you do it, you're on the path to life. But if you refuse it, if you refuse, like we talked about last week, if you refuse to look in the mirror of God's word and let him reflect back to you the things that you need to change in your life, you're unwilling to, to self-reflect, and instead you deceive yourself by convincing yourself, everything's all good, I'm good, everything's fine, it's just a crazy season. No, it's not. 
There's something deeper going on. When we settle for self-deception rather than self-reflection, it leads us to settling for less than God's best. So challenge yourself with this. Ask yourself, are you being honest with yourself in this moment, really? Like for real, for real. Are you being honest with yourself? And then make the decision to allow God to show you your true reflection. Allow God to pull back the curtain, to shine light on what's really going on. Are you ready and willing to do that? Guys, I, I promise you, if you take these steps, if you do these things this summer, you will see your life no longer be one marked by settling for less than God's best. It will be marked by how God is bringing abundance and overflow and increased more than you could ever imagine into your life. More peace, more hope, more faith, more clarity, more vision, more purpose, more meaning. All of those things will increase to overflowing when you choose to not settle for less than God's best. Today, I give up settling for less. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for these words. Thank you for the challenges that we see. God, I pray that as we are, are beginning this journey together, as we're taking this time this summer to reflect on the areas of our lives that we're, we're needing to surrender. We just need to give it up. I pray, God, that starting from this very first week, that you would just begin to challenge us in a way that only you can. That we'd wrap our heads around the fact that you sacrificed everything so that we could have access to more than we could ever ask or imagine that we don't have to settle for less than your best for our life just because it requires a little bit more than we're ready to give in the moment. So God, I pray that you would challenge us, that you would speak to us, that as we, we, we begin to depend on you more than ever before, God, that we would see your hand at work. We love you and we pray all of this in your strong name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.